plenty of NFL news to touch on today. And of course, we touch upon the Raiders with none other than our good friend Paul Gutierrez, ESPN. Paul, what's going on, brother? What's going on, TZ? How you been? I'm, I've been good, man. Busy, busy, busy. Uh, a lot of traveling. And you know what that's all about, man. So, uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> we know what that's about. But uh, no, I wanted to get with you here and, and, and talk a little offseason football, because as we know, training camp is right around the corner. Uh, rookie's going to report uh, as soon as next week. Uh, veterans five days after that here in Las Vegas. So I, I hate to break the news to you, my friend, but your offseason's done. All right. You're, you're, you're working now. Nonstop. You're going, you're going till February. As uh, Bill Belichick uh, once said, no days off for Paul Gutierrez. You know, well, here's the thing though, TC, is there is no such thing as an off season in football anymore. I so know, right? it's just kind of like just, maybe just basically means that uh, you're actually looking forward to it from my perspective to actually covering some games instead of chasing rumors and innuendos and contract stuff. You know, where are the games? And I know we got some time before that, but that I think every uh, beat writer worth their salt will tell you that's what they're looking forward to. And uh, that's what I'm looking forward to is just getting into camp and, and seeing there's numerous storylines to follow anyway. Um, first and foremost at quarterback, but then you got the running back situation and you got everything else that comes along with it, the defense too. So that's what I'm looking forward to is just diving in and, and seeing these guys face to face. Absolutely. All right. Paul Gutierrez joins us, does a fantastic job for ESPN, of course, covering the Raiders on the beat here in Vegas. The franchise tag deadline came and passed yesterday without any long-term deals for Josh Jacobs or Saquon Barkley. Uh, both more than likely will be sitting out training camp and let's focus in on Josh Jacobs, you know, with you. I mean, considering everything that went down last off season, uh, this is pretty much expected, right? No long-term deal. I believe so. And that's kind of the way I looked at it was you, you got the sense that, that they were going to talk and, and, and people that I talked to in the building yesterday said that, you know, Jacobs was there and they met face to face and, and from the Raider perspective, they want to put the best face on it anyway, right? So they, they told me that it was anything but contentious, the uh, deliberations that went back and forth, and that they said they took it up to the final possible minute before the deadline hit to get something done. They didn't get it done, so now the ball is totally, literally and figuratively in Josh Jacobs' hands as to when he wants to show up. And that's his right, because that's just the way this thing works out. What you, as a fan, I guess, what you're hoping for is that he does not come in disgruntled upset and lets that affect his play in a negative way because if he was upset and disgruntled and not having his fifth-year option picked up last year well then that worked its way out great not only for himself but for the team it's just that it's just a strange depressed market for running backs anymore um, you know you and i you know we're we're of a certain age where i, I remember when Running back was the glamour position, um, besides quarterbacks, obviously. But, you know, when you could run them out there, and it was Walter Payton and Eric Dickerson and, and uh, Marcus Allen and on and Earl Campbell and on and on and on. Those guys are, are not valued as much as those guys were back then. And, and to me, the most interesting thing to me that was pointed out was the tag for a running back this season, $10.091 million, is less than the tag was five years ago. For a running back, and that just tells you right all you need to know about what the tag is and, and how underappreciated running backs are, especially when they get paid are going forward. And that is a great point because uh, I don't really have heard anybody even talk about that or say that. And then, of course, now you know with social media and you know everybody getting word what's happening. I mean, we heard Derek Henry come out yesterday and talk about it. Other running backs have said, "Hey, you know," Austin Eckler uh, said in paraphrasing here, it was just like, "Hey, uh, you know, nobody values." you know, this position, 
I mean, it's it, it, it's ridiculous. So you got a lot of disgruntled running backs, you know, right now. Even though the average fan will look at this, or the naysayer will say, "Hey, man, you're still making 10, 10 million, but you're right. It is a depreciated position. Uh, the landscape is not there for the running back right now. Just from the, I would say, maybe the yardage side of it, the money side of it, you know, you know, you know, all of it. And uh, I hope fantasy football owners realize that too, Paul, because I'm sick and tired of these guys drafting running backs with the first couple picks. I mean, why can't they be like the regular NFL and draft quarterbacks, 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 and wide receivers? It's a passing league, but still these ham and eggers want to draft running backs. That's another story. That's why I just, uh, yeah, that's why I take the, the Nancy Reagan approach and just say no to fantasy football. There you so that's go. Me. There you go. All right. We did hear that the Raiders made an offer to Josh Jacobs, right? But it wasn't to his liking. Yes. Do you know what the offer was? I don't. I've seen it. Uh, my colleague Adam Schefter has, has posited some theories out there about it that it was about the money. But I did see that Josh Jacobs, who's been, you know, to his credit and to his detriment, I guess, has been really quiet throughout this whole process, except for some cryptic tweets. And he tweeted at somebody yesterday that uh, it wasn't about the money; it was about the security. So if it's about the security, that makes more sense. If, if you know, because that's what the thing about yet you, you sign the tag. You get that money, and it's a decent payday for for the, the the regular Joe, right? For for ten million a year, but but I'm not trying to get it in anybody else's pocket either. I'm always of the mind: get as much as you can when you can. So if it's not about the money, then it's about the security, and the franchise tag does not give you security beyond that one year. So that makes all the sense in the world. No, and I think that's exactly what it is for anybody who they don't want to be franchised, and this has been going on for years and years because they want to have that long term deal. They want to, of course, there's more money that comes with that, but then again, you know, you're going to kind of guarantee that you're going to be, you know, with one team, live in one area, especially if you're a family guy. I mean, I think everybody wants to have that type of security, and with that comes money, comes larger signing bonuses, and and, and all that other kind of stuff. So I, I get that. Now, what have the negotiations been like, or the conversations been like between the Raiders and Jacobs? Do you know has it been friendly? Has it been non-existent? You said that Josh was in the building yesterday; they actually talked. But what about the uh, the last couple months during the off season? Yeah, it's been interesting because. When we last talked to Josh, and the last time Josh really made himself available to talk about the subject was the day after the season on Locker Cleanout Day, and and he said he wants to be back. He wants to to be a part of this. They, you know, when he was drafted, he and Max Crosby were among that draft class where they said, "Hey, we need to change the culture and make things happen and turn this into a winner again." And and you see flashes of it since they've both been in the NFL. But he also said, and he was real cryptic with this in his words, he said, "It's got to make sense." And to me, the first thing I thought of, as in dollars and cents, right? I mean, you need the security, you need the payday. And unfortunately, you know, I've covered baseball as well. Um, baseball contracts are kind of paid out based upon what the player is expected to do. Football contracts are kind of paid out the exact opposite. I'm sorry. Baseball is about what they've done. Football is about right. what they're expected to do. So with the running back, the, the shelf life of running back is not that long. That's why the value of, of a running back has been depreciated so much. So when he says that, it's got to make sense. Well, what does that look like? What does that mean? As the offseason gone on and there was just different cryptic tweets from him where at one point he said, uh, sometimes it's not about us. we got to take care of those that come after us. Well, to me, that means he wants to affect the market that uh, depreciates running backs. And yet here we are. So Again, I, I just heard from the Raider perspective, Josh's side has been really quiet about the whole thing, but the Raiders, and I guess they want it to be very non-confrontational um, because 
we might be facing the same situation again from now if they tag him again or if he has another great season. But the way I was told was that from the Raider perspective, they felt good about where negotiations ended because that gives them a starting point going into next season. Because, again, because he didn't sign the tag, or not because he didn't sign the tag, because they didn't um, come to a long-term agreement by the deadline, they cannot now have a new contract until the end of this coming season. So if and when he decides to play, he's going to be on that franchise tag number of $10.091 million. How do you think this plays out moving forward? I don't know. I don't know. Because until I talk to Josh or see his face or see his body language, you just don't know. And he said all the right things last year. It was obvious, though, that he was not happy that he didn't have his fifth-year option picked up. And and he proved it. He showed it on the field. He took a lot of that anger out on opposing teams when he becomes the first Raider running back to lead the league in rushing since Marcus Allen. So... This seems a little different, but again, I don't. I don't want to try to get in anybody's head and say it. it. Just as an observer and somebody that's covered the league for a while, this feels different. But we'll see when Josh does show up. If nothing else, the Raiders kind of did him a solid by switching his number from twenty-eight to eight, his college number. And I know he wanted to do that a couple years ago, anyways. But now that his rookie contract is up, now he can kind of go ahead and do that, and it makes a little bit more sense. But yeah, I, I don't know. Long answer to your short question. I don't know until we talk to Josh and or see him and see his body language. And he gets number eight since Marcus Mariota's gone, too. There you go. There you go. <laughs> uh, even though there's no comparison, who's more valuable with that number eight? Uh, but that will yeah. look that, – that, it's always looking strange sometimes, you know, when you see these NFL running backs, you know, wearing the single digits, you know. But, um, all right, does this scream Le'Veon Bell to you? I mean, you've been covering this league a long time. I mean, remember Le'Veon Bell, when he did this with, with, with the Steelers, his career was never the same. No, and he apologized. He apologized to the Steelers fans for doing it. So it's, if, if nothing else, yeah, he made his point. He went nuclear. He pulled a nuclear option. <laughs> but at the end of the day, I believe by his apologizing, it serves as a cautionary tale. Um, you know, and with Josh, you know, what he came from, what he grew up with, growing up homeless, living in a car with his, with his siblings and with his, his dad, um, you know, he's, there's a little bit different of an appreciation there, so to speak. Um, you know, not, not taking anything away from what Bell did, but, I I can't see him sitting out the whole time, and, and maybe for his body. And that was one time because I did have a couple of conversations with Josh toward the end of the season last year before he started getting dinged up. This was late in the season, late November, and he was stunned. I, I, honestly, I think it was after the Seattle game when he had the 86 yard walk off, mm-hmm. and he just told me he was stunned with how little dinged up he was. He had no aches, no pains, no bruises, nothing, and he was just running like crazy. The last month of the season, though, it took its toll on him. So maybe by not doing training camp, the mindset is, hey, I'll come in even that much fresher in that that less month at the beginning of the season serves him better towards the end. But as we all know, there's nothing like taking a real, I guess we don't know, but what they tell us, <laughs> there's nothing like taking a live NFL hit um, coming straight off the street like, uh, like he would. And, and again, being old enough to remember this, I remember when Eric Dickerson held out in uh, 1985, I want to say, and he just did not look the same. And that was after he ran for 2,105 yards and set the record. That's so true. it's real interesting how much these guys need just to get a little bit of that taste, that, that hit, because they're not getting it in the preseason games. They get more work um, in those joint practices, and they've got a pair of them back-to-back when they play host to the 49ers, and then they go play the Rams. They're gonna That's where the starters and those guys are going to get it. So maybe that should be around the time to look for them to maybe show up to get some run at that point. All right, final thing here for you, Paul. Uh 
How does this affect the Raiders' offense, say, without Jacobs? And then the other part of this, give us a Jimmy Garoppolo update because, uh, you know, we still don't know how, he, how he's going to be and react to, you know, coming off uh, the offseason surgery. Uh, quick thoughts on those two things. Yeah, so Garoppolo, again, from what I'm told, is they expect, him to, they expect to ease him into training camp. Uh, what that means, what that looks like, I don't know. I mean, they report on Tuesday, first practice is Wednesday. Uh, we'll see if he's out there, and then <laughs> that'll be the, the story of the day. Jimmy Garoppolo is either there or he's not. Right here and now, I'm told that they expect to ease him in, whatever that means. Um, how does this affect the offense without if Josh Jacobs isn't there? It's interesting because Josh McDaniels told me last year that Jacobs – uh, success in his productivity as a single running back surprised him because he's never really had that in his career as a play caller. He's always had the running back by committee. So if Josh isn't there, I guess you kind of lean and it might be crazy talk whistling past the graveyard to think this way, but if he's not there, then they can do the running back by committee with Amir Abdullah, Brandon Bolden, and a healthy dose is Amir White. The, the negative to that, though, those three guys last season – they combined for just 156 rushing yards on 38 carries and no touchdowns last year. So that's that's a lot of productivity they got to make up. Could Zamir White be that guy that maybe comes out of nowhere? I mean, again, very good college career, you know, at Georgia, uh, very similar to to Jacobs when he was at Alabama. Uh, but you know, I've kind of liked what I've always kind of seen from Zamir White in college and the little bit that we've seen of him here. Quick thoughts on him. Yeah, I don't know if he has that same shiftiness that Josh does, but then again, I don't know who does, right? I mean, right. when Josh gets to that second level, he's real shifty and makes guys miss. Zamir, in his limited touches last year, you didn't really see that, but you saw a flash here and there of how he could be a power back, of how he could have that second gear. So, I don't know. He's got to stay healthy, um, and, and we're going to get a good dose of him in the preseason especially in those preseason games. So we'll, that, that'll tell the tale a little bit there as well. He is Paul He is Paul Gutierrez, ESPN. Paul, appreciate the time as always. Look forward to talking with you during the course of training camp and this season. Rest up, my friend, and uh, we look forward to talking with you down the road. My pleasure. No off-seasons. Yes, it, baby. <laughs> no days off, no off-seasons. Take care, brother. Take care. All right, there he is. Uh, fantastic job. Uh, does a fantastic job not only with covering the NFL, but I remember, you know, Paul covering Major League Baseball um, back in the day, and uh, with ESPN, does a great job. And of course, he's on that Raiders beat.